0: Welcome to the couch, Andrew.
1: Hi, um, thank you for having me. Um, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah, so I'm um, really, really excited about this conversation because it really borders around the blockchain 2 and web 3, basically the future of the web. And so um, today we're going to learn all we can about cred. So yeah. starting from what is cred? could you tell us what cred is and how it all works?
1: Okay so um, Acred is a platform where we provide organizations, businesses, as well as you know creators and the creator economy to create certificates, badges for members of their communities or members of their institutions, or even just you know individuals who are taking a certification. Within um, an institution or an organization. So essentially, we just provide you with a place where you can create certificates, issue them to your participants, and all of these certificates live on the blockchain and they are defined with, as NFTs on this blockchain networks. Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: That is interesting. So you mean um, I could be at school today and I, you know, decide to start issuing certificates of graduation on chain using a and then yes. these certificates get issued like created and issued to you know the people that are graduating and then yep. these people actually
1: get NFTs as their certificates. Exactly. So that's the beauty of it because NFTs introduce a new model of ownership that um we've never seen before. Not in web 2 or web 3 mm-hmm. so with NFTs right now not just can you use it to define ownership but also you can use it to define ownership of credentials and that is what we were doing at that correct so you graduate yeah. from your school you get your first NFT you know you take a webinar or a course you get your first NFT you do a mm-hmm. certification for you know a skill maybe like a digital marketing certification you get your first NFTs you know like
0: yeah 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 that makes sense and um i wanted to know who and who you are targeting because thinking about accred now i could think about you know trying to take a course at udacity or udemy for example and seeing oh this course is free but if i need a certificate it will cost me a hundred dollars right things like that so are you looking to play into that kind of um user behavior that is really used to for like mooc platforms bootcamps things like that
1: so, yeah, actually, I'm glad you mentioned bootcamps because bootcamps are, like, a key part of, like, our customer segment um, because they have, like, this um, fast track to getting, um, you know, a skill in a certain area, you know, like tech bootcamp, software engineering bootcamps. For platforms like Udacity, Udemy, which are kind of, like, huge and they already have, like, their infrastructure, There will be a later part of our cycle. But really, the bootcamps, you know, um, the... Um, creators, especially cost creators, um, independent or indie cost creators. Um, mm. And we also have like um, um, institutions as well. You know, um, I have been a part of a couple institutions, traditional and alternative institutions, um, MBA, MBA institutions. So um, can, if, if you require a form of identity or badge, to determine your affiliation affiliation with an entity um then that entity will be uh, an, our customer segment so hmm. you know tickets boot camps, yeah. creators etc yeah. etc et yes
0: yeah 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 that makes sense I think I think I understand perfectly um, my next question would be what is the difference right like I I want to believe there are already a lot of um, certificate-issuing platforms or badge-issuing platforms that exist on, say, Web2, as we know with web Today. Um, yeah. So, what is the difference? Like, why do we need something like that on Web3? Is there any additional value that Web3 brings to this?
1: Okay. Um, uh, you, I think you just answered the question because you said it, Web2 and Web3. As far as Web3 goes, we do not have a form of certification that is compliance to Decentralized economics as well as and solace tokenomics. And we are entering the space to be the first, like to be the first people that creates this form of credential issuing that works with the economics of Web3. And Web2, they're already like big players, but in Web3, because of the economics, it changes everything. And that's why we, uh, that's what makes it really, really special. As well as you know, a couple of other things we hope to provide in user experience and how the platform is and how you use the platform, as well as value offerings, which we think are very unique to the creator economy. Because um, uh, if you look at the markets in Africa and how education is approached, you I, I think you mentioned it one time. People would, would, would want to learn for free, right? Because it's it's usually about expensive to maybe pay for a course. I've even had this first-hand experience when I'm running boot camp and you know um, for the real value of the boot camp not many people can pay for however one interesting behavior I I discovered was people would want to take the course for free but would pay you or be willing to pay you or be willing to pull strings to pay you if they realize they are going to get a certificate so essentially, it's like, they're willing to learn, but if you're going to charge them and say, get the certificate from us, they are now willing to pay. And we've seen this in schools. Um, it's been deployed as scratch cards. If, if you've ever done, um, gone to a traditional federal university or state university, you realize that at the end of the term, everybody usually receives a scratch card that they buy <laughs> so that they can use to get their results, results again. And those results are usually like, you know, the end of the term um, results, et cetera, et cetera. Now imagine if, you know, you took this thing. So so it's not it's, it's not a situation of imagine. The behavior and the culture has already been created, right? Right from when they're in secondary school, they learn to go pay for a scratch card to retrieve their result booklets. And so take it into certification of any kind. And if you plug into it, now they will be able to. They might be. They could be willing to pay. Um, to. Oh, they're already willing to pay. <laughs> they will not be willing to pay. I think they will be willing to adopt NFTs as a standard to contribute to that existing behavior, or would I say innovate to that existing behavior because it's new, it's it's hot and all that stuff. So yeah, there lies in an opportunity we can explore as well yeah
0: yeah that makes sense i think something else i just thought about as i think about this solution right now is um verification which is something i also want you to touch on um because in with with web 2 i like to imagine that a lot of these platforms are just certificate issuing right and then is one thing to have a certificate is another thing for someone to for someone to say. This certificate you're holding is authentic. How do you verify things like that? I think that's even another layer. Can you speak to verification
1: with Accred? Which is a good question because you know, I would assume that if you understand NFTs, you understand that they are like they're called provable verifiable ownerships. Um, So, if you don't understand NFTs, essentially what it means is that when you get a certificate on Accred. It's a smart contract that is deployed on a blockchain network. The way the blockchain network works is all of the data is completely decentralized. And that means that the moment a certificate is issued to a person, it cannot be tampered with. It's a public ledger that says issued to X and no one can touch it. No one can change it. No one can backdate it meaning that if you want to verify that these individuals own a certificate all they need to give you is their wallet address the smart contract is already deployed and with the way the blockchain works um when i deploy a smart contract there are usually about ten thousand or more individuals who create a copy of that smart contract and distribute it all over the world (laughs) so if you want to change um the owner (laughs) ownership of a certificate you need to find those ten thousand, maybe today because by next week about a hundred thousand computers would have made a copy of that smart contract you need to find those hundred thousand people that have a verified copy of that nft and delete it and say okay now we're going to remove this record but that is impossible it's impossible because it's on the blockchain and so when you own a certificate that is an nft anybody anywhere can prove that you are the owner with your wallet address and that's yeah. the beauty of web3 so yeah. in the metaverse um, your gamer or game designer doesn't need to know our platform all they need all you all they need to do is say oh welcome and then take your wallet address to prove that you own an nft if you are on a decentralized application Um, maybe we we see it as the future of job applications in the future and uh, um, uh, you know online applications where you sign in with your wallet address and all of the certificates you own can be visible can be shown in that wallet address you prove you're the owner and you get in no one is going to stop you What you just have to do is come with your wallet address, which is the beauty of the decentralized economy as well. And so even institutions do not need to start tracking a lot of platforms. All they need is the smart contract identity. I I don't know if I'm getting too um, technical. You might be. You might (laughs) be getting too technical. Yes. Um, Okay, sorry. Sorry about that. But in layman terms, I think in layman terms, essentially what I'm trying to say is when an NFT is issued, it cannot be revoked, it cannot be changed, it cannot be tampered, and it is verifiably true because of the mechanics as to how the blockchain is designed. And so, once your certificate is on the blockchain, it cannot change. It can be tra- it can be verified anywhere in the world without relying on a third party or a centralized, you know, platform.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's really, really amazing, you know, because think yeah. about, I just think about things like platforms like LinkedIn today, which is a super platform where I could literally go and write that I work at Google. <laughs> there's nothing yeah. stopping me from putting I work at Google, I'm a product manager at Google or exactly LinkedIn, right? There's yes. nothing to verify, there's nothing. So I feel like that layer of verification um, is going to be made possible in Web3, which is one of the things that Accred is trying to do, which is really, 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 really a solid value proposition, especially for employers, um, and especially yeah. for even job seekers who are trying to tell the, the employers they're trying to get to work for that, oh, I actually have this credential, oh, I actually have passed this exam, or something like that. Yeah, yes, that's
1: true. Yeah, right.
0: um, really, really interesting. So, more on NFTs, Um, I wanted to ask a couple of questions, you know, because we may have audiences that are are really new to NFTs. So I wanted to know, what is the value of NFTs, right? You go on Twitter and you see a lot of ugly looking monkeys and (laughs) apes and people are saying that these things are really, really expensive. What does that mean? What determines the value of an NFT?
1: So, yes, I think I had this conversation with my cousin one time. He asked me, what's an NFT? And he told me he thought it was a monkey or something. And then I laughed. And I, I the way I told, told it to him is, the blockchain is a ledger. Um, think of it like a table, left and right. When you store information on this ledger, it's, de- it's decentralized, it's unique, and... It's reproducible across like a thousand other um, ledgers that are on the blockchain. Um, If there was a way to graphically represent this, it would have been easier. But essentially, before NFTs came, um, people used to trade with tokens. So you have like, you know, Ethereum, you have Bitcoin. I have one Bitcoin and I can give you 0.1 Bitcoin out of my one Bitcoin. At the end of the day, I'd would, I'd would have 0.9 Bitcoin, and you have um, 0.1, Zero because I can give you, uh, a, I can break the value of my token, and give it to you. So that was fungibility, right? So yep. now, if you look at the cycle of ownership, um, if you if if I started from the beginning, earlier Bitcoin was formed out of the ideology of gold. When you have gold. When people used to create, when we used to create gold, you just have people who would mine the gold and burn it under fire and create this wonderful piece or element that has immense value. And people would take this gold and store it. However, here's the catch. Because we needed smaller units of gold, we created silver, you know, which are smaller units of gold. Because there's always this need to be transactional. And gold was just too big to transact and so Bitcoin came. It's created something called the proof of work. Now, when we used to do gold, we'd have like people who would human resources, people who would sweat, <laughs> people who would bleed, <laughs> and people who work hours, right? But then, you know, Satoshi created a computer algorithm that mimics the exact process that gold is, is created. Now, with computers, you have the CPU, you have um, power supply, and you have internet. And so, when you want to mine a Bitcoin, say, on a computer, the computer is going to run an algorithm that would mimic what it's like for a human being to mine gold. So, Mm. it will make your computer cry. It will make your internet download gigabytes of files and it will make your CPU run at the maximum capacity that it has. And it will also consume power. Right? Essentially, what it's doing is we have this human process of making gold. Well, if we're going to create Bitcoin, we're going to use your computer to do that. So instead of humans doing it, let's use a computer and make the computer work. Let's make the computer download gigabytes of files, you know, 10 to 100 gigabytes. Let's make the computer consume internet, consume power, run algorithms, and maximize the CPU to create that one Bitcoin. That's what's happening. So when you do that and the computer algorithm finished running, you've successfully mined or contributed to mining one Bitcoin in a decentralized ledger. And most times you won't be the only person who is mining, you're contributing across thousands of computers. And so you have Bitcoin. Now we use this, we introduce a new form of transaction. People started transacting because we now had like the internet gold, quote-unquote, or something like that, and we were transacting. But now value has been accrued over time, and people want a new form of ownership. And so in defining this new form of ownership, that was, this is where NFTs came. Because what happens is, if you have gold and you want to buy a land, you use your gold, you buy a land, and you be like, I own this land. You use your gold you buy a house and be like i own this car but now i'm tired of holding gold and i want a way to prove ownership now before if you own bitcoin you would use a traditional exchanger to exchange to us dollars of fiat and buy whatever assets you needed to buy and so it wasn't like a full cycle of ownership so we had like You know, you do your transactions in the decentralized internet, you know, Web3, aka Web3. But in order to reap the value of what you've earned or your transaction or what you've accrued, you need to take your money out from Web3. Yes. With Web2. Exactly, an interface with Web2. So what NFTs are doing is they are bringing it full cycle, 360 cycle, in a situation where you can now take your Web3, you know, gains and profits and interact also with new forms of ownership that is in Web3, which is, you know, the NFT standard. That's the introduction of NFTs. So instead of me taking my money out from Web3 into fiat to spend it, now I can take the money I have earned in Bitcoin and Ethereum and spend it in the decentralized internet on a form of ownership that is provable, verifiable, and non-interchangeable. It will also be unique as well. So, this way, we bring those same values, those same benefits of decentralization, those same benefits of the blockchain, but we've now attached it to ownership. So, people have been exploring images and JPEGs of monkeys because that's how it started. But if you... Understand it well, you then see that it's not just the JPEGs and the monkeys, it's other forms of ownership that anything are,
0: can be owned.
1: Yes, they're yet to be explored.
0: Yeah, okay, all right, that makes sense. Um, and so, um, that's on the technology of, of NFTs. I wanted to also understand, um, how you know value appreciates. You know, and the rarity. When people talk of NFTs or NFT collections, they talk of rarity of things, right? So, um, can you speak on rarity? Like, how how does rarity kind of affect the price of, you know, NFTs today?
1: So, rarity is used to speak to how unique an item is. Um, Because everything is on the blockchain, uh, we can actually prove if an item is unique. Um, because they are all on chain and so what happens is um, this, this has provided a new, how do you say a new market for rare items initially in the traditional market you can't really tell if an item is rare because you know you can't prove it is rare but on the blockchain you can now prove that an item is rare based on the attributes or the properties of that item on blockchain so
0: yeah that makes sense
1: yes so it created this new opportunity because you can prove it is decentralized it cannot be interchangeable and so we can actually prove there is only one of this item ever ever in the world unlike in the traditional markets where um, if someone tells you it's one of this item. You need to hire a private investigator to go find out for you. I <laughs> <laughs> <To laughs> yeah. find out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Now, back to Accred, um, I want to know what the plans are for the year. You know, maybe essentially, like, what do you see Accred by, you know, this time next year?
1: Uh, this time next year, I, I think, so part of our vision is to be like the number one credential issuing platform. Especially for this new economy that is being created by next year, obviously, um, I, I think um, I, do, I, I don't want to be like to, to shoot too much. But um, by this time next year, we're definitely um, up, up there, if I'm to say, uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, we will definitely up, up there.
0: Um, okay.
1: And, and okay. That makes sense. Yes. At least, yeah, let so I wanted say... to
0: also understand the plans. So, what and what do we expect from credit this year?
1: Okay, so this year, um, some some of the plans uh, we're trying to raise, uh, get some investors as um, over by the end of Q2, um, we'll have finished every everything that has to do with raising raising um, VC funding, and also as well as launching the the products to their blockchains. So right now, our credit is targeting EVM chains, but we are looking to enter other non-EVM chains like Polkadot, Cosmos, Terra, and Solana. And so that's kind of like our overarching goal over Q2, Q3. So essentially, for it to break it down into like various milestones for the year next year definitely raising some VC funding um we we want to raise VC so that we can leverage our VC partners and our VC networks to get like some big institutions to use our platform and also we can also um, launch into like a number of other blockchain networks um Mm. part of the goal is to, to provide this ubiquity for our cred where you know be available on whatever blockchain network you use as well as providing cross-platform compatibility for all this cross-platform which is something that will happen over next year after we've standardized and deployed to this blockchain networks so yes raise raise funding um, get into a number of other blockchain networks As well and by next year we'll be looking at cross-platform but also we really don't know would allow our users to help us define that by the end of the third quarter of this year so that's kind of like it in a nutshell yeah all
0: right all right i think that's that's a lot of good plans you know raise money get to launch on evm chains get to launch on non-evm chains you know we do a couple of testing getting user feedback test net launches mainnet launches I think um, a lot of things are kind of lined up and it's going to be really, really exciting here for Akron. Um Before I let you go, I wanted to, you know, ask you, what do you think, what is one um, Web3 prediction you have for 2022?
1: Hmm. Well, if there's a prediction that I will, I will give you, I would say NFTs are going mainstream. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. that, that was that was predictable, but yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Essentially, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. NFTs are hot right now. And I think according to your prediction, they're gonna be hot for a very long time when they're going to become yep. So yeah, looking forward to future like that. Um thank you so much for coming on the couch. This has been a very, very insightful conversation. We went from really simple terms to really technical back to really simple terms, you know, um exploring the world of web three. And the future, right? That Web3 brings, um, one of which is like verifiability of things, which a cred is going to, you know, be providing. Um, you know, this platform is really, really um, promising because it's literally going to help businesses, help institutions, you know, create and issue credentials, you know, as NFTs to their graduates. They could make them pay for it. And then these people graduating could get their first NFTs just from graduating from, you know, a boot camp or a school or just get their first introduction to the metaverse, you know, through NFTs. And I think that's a beautiful way to introduce people to the metaverse. So this is really, really, really exciting. And I, I, I can't wait to hear more and more and more about Accred. And so for everyone, a person listening, make sure to follow Accred on their social media platform. I think on Twitter is at cred at yes. d-a-c-c-r-e-d um yep. and very soon the mvp is going to be out the testnet launch is going to be out so look out and you know make sure to stay tuned we have amazing amazing founders come on the couch to share their product journeys with you so stay tuned share this episode to your friends if you like it and until next time
1: see ya all right